So hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Today I have Yoni Solomon on the show. Uh, Yoni is the director of product marketing and go-to-market at G2 Crowd. He and his team is named uh, Tech's top product marketing team for 2019. He's also been recognized as one of the world's 50 most influential product marketers. Yoni, such a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Hello. Awesome. And so Yoni, uh, you want the audience to know anything more about you and G2? Yeah, so I think you did a great job there. G2 is basically the world's largest marketplace for B2B technology. And so we have millions and millions of monthly active buyers who come to G2 each month to find and assess and compare and and ultimately buy the right software for their services. And for me, I've been in product marketing and go-to-markets for some of Chicago's uh, top tech companies for uh, probably eight years now and got to G2 about a year and a half ago to to build out the product marketing and go-to-market team from scratch. Interesting. And, you know, so recently my company, which I work for, Watfix, we just won like 20 badges from G2 Crowd uh, yes, in, in the summer cycle. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Yoni, can you walk us through your journey at J2? Like, how did you take the product from ideation to mass adoption when you joined in early 2019? Yeah, totally. And so for a little background, I think what was really fun about my move to G2 was that prior to coming to G2 as an employee, uh, I was actually a G2 customer. And so I think that as a product marketer, it's it's always been a dream for me to go and market to myself in a sense. And so in making that move to G2, all of a sudden I was putting together value stories and value propositions and campaigns to, 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 to people just like me. I would have been receiving these communications just a few months prior. And so that, that really helped put me in, the, in a good state of mind to try to assess the, the right ways to tell these stories to make sure that we're hitting the value points home. But in, in essentially coming to G2, there is the, the goal to build the product marketing team up and, and really assess the way that we take products from ideation to adoption. And I would say, in fact, that that was, the, that was probably the biggest challenge um, and the reason that they brought me to G2. And so I think, I think the thing is, when, when we're talking about taking products from ideation to mass adoption, it's really going to require us as product marketers to live at what we call the intersection. And it's really not all that different from an intersection that you would see the road. You are going to be at the intersection of products, marketing, and sales. And in order to take a product successfully end-to-end, you need to align all three of those functions in sequential order to make sure right. that the yeah, to make sure that the products that your product team are building are aligned to the customers and to the markets and the problems that they're facing. And then you need to make sure that the marketing team has enough context and content and ideas to launch campaigns in support of those products. And then finally, you need to give sales the training and the pricing and the packaging and the resources that they need, right? So there's a a whole lot that needs to happen in order to successfully take a product from from just an idea on a whiteboard to mass Mm -hmm. adoption and success. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And does that mean that you and your team uh, reported on all the all the three different functions, which is product marketing and sales, and you guys kind of worked on the metrics for all three. Absolutely, yeah. We live at the middle of all three, and so so technically, um, today we report into the brand marketing team at G two. But as a product marketer, I get asked this all the time. You know, who who if I'm, I'm trying to hire a product marketer, who 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 should they report into? I've reported into a CEO, a CMO, uh, a, C- a chief product officer. It really depends on the needs of the organization. But you know, as a 
as a rule within product marketing, we don't hit our metrics unless our teams are hitting their metrics. And so we actually not just live at that intersection of product marketing and sales, but we report on all those metrics and are responsible for campaign submissions. So it's going to be MQLs, opportunities, uh-huh. influence, and pipeline, closed one, product adoption, and then even customer renewals. And so we really try to report on every single function uh, and follow our campaigns end to end to make sure that they're successful for the three teams that we support. Got it. And that makes me wonder. So I'm going to have Jesse, uh, who's the head of growth at G2 on the show as well in, in, you know, in a couple of weeks. And that makes me wonder, like, you know, how does product marketing and growth marketing would work together? Like, you know, at G2, like, is there an overlap or do you guys work together in some, some sense? Yeah. Yeah. And Jesse's awesome, by the way, and, and such a, a brilliant growth marketer. I love working with him. And I think the ways that we work together, for instance, is growth marketing is, is fantastic at running campaigns and assessing different channels. And, and if we need to launch retargeting strategies or find uh, a new segment to market into, but they need to find the direction in terms of what we're going to talk about, what we're going to market who the persona is and what the value is from somewhere. And so that's going to come from us. And so in many, in many cases, product marketing is working with growth to give them sort of the campaign ideas and the resources and, and the direction to go launch their campaign so that they too can meet their goals. Got it. That's, that's really interesting. And so I, from an overlook or an overview of it, like you guys have built a really great go to market playbook, right? You know, taking from, a product from ideation to mass adoption and working with all these different teams and you know working on all different metrics right and reporting to multiple people from product marketing sales and growth so can you give us an overview of your gtm playbook that you guys kind of built at g2 yeah yeah and, it, and it's really not all that difficult and i i think that like the the best processes are ones that are easily understood right rather than trying to be overly complex and it was the Aside from hiring the team when I got to G2, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, but the first thing I really did when I got there was I put together this five-step go-to-market launch process just to make sure that we could confidently go to market with a product correctly. And so it's really five simple stages. We start with ideation. And at the ideation phase, this is typically a phase that we would be more closely aligned with the product org with. But this is this is basically when someone in product has an idea uh, and sees a problem in the market or that our customers are having that we can solve with technology. And so at that point, they're going through a discovery phase to assess what this thing could be, how it would work, is it even a good idea? And at the same time, we're working with the product management team and ideation to tie that back to needs in the market to, you know, we should be having interviews with customers very often Mm -hmm. to make sure that these problems aren't just something that are happening in a vacuum in a, in a room at G2 and we're not building a product for a problem that doesn't exist. And so in ideation, we're working with the team to assess whether that's truly a need and, and whether we should move forward with it. And suppose, suppose it's a yes and we are going to move forward with it. We then move to stage two, which is build. And two things happen at stage two, build, and they happen at the same time. For starters, product management puts this new idea on the roadmap and allocates engineering resources, and they're, they're going to start building this thing. But at the same time, product marketing is putting this on our go-to-market roadmap. We're going to now think through what, what it should be called, where it sits in our product hierarchy, the value propositions, foundational messaging. We're going to put together our go-to-market sort of launch of like, what resources do we need to create? Who do we need to train? How are we going to price and package this thing? And so basically by the end of the build stage, what we should have is a product that's ready for soft launch for beta testing, along with naming, messaging, 
pricing packaging that's also ready for beta testing before we move into phase three. And so I guess before I move into phase three, any questions so far in phases one and two? No, I think that that sounds pretty self-explanatory. As you said in the beginning, right, it should be pretty self-explanatory and it should be simple, right, As whereas yeah. instead of making it like a really complex process. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and then, you know, stages three through five aren't that much more complex either. Once we once we exit the build stage, we enter soft launch or beta or early access. Everyone has a different name for it. But basically at this stage, we should be finding a subset of customers. I like 20. I always find that to be like a good representative number. And basically within the soft launch stage, what we're doing is is testing to make sure this is a viable product before we go to market. And I think that the there's, there's two big mistakes that people often make during stage three. The first mistake they make is that sometimes they just skip it altogether uh, because we're all trying to go to market so quickly. And, you know, uh, I love our, our friends in product management. They're very invested in the things they build and no one wants to risk having, not, having, a, having a product not be well received in soft launch. And so sometimes we actually skip stage three and launch things early. And as a result, they're not as successful as they could be. But the other mistake that I see sometimes in stage three is that we're only testing product capability. We're not actually testing messaging. And so something that I always like our teams to do is run naming and our descriptions and value propositions. And I always put together a couple slides just to make sure that when we're testing with these customers, they're not just testing the capabilities, but they're actually letting me as a product marketer know whether my messaging makes sense or not. Because if it doesn't make sense, I certainly want to know that before we launch this, because that's going to impact conversion and, and, and everything. If we get the story wrong, the product will fail. And so from stage three, if we have validated product functionality and value propositions and messaging, we then move into stage four, which is, I think, what most, most people at a company would associate with the product launch. Now, the keys are in the ignition. Emails are out, landing pages, social, press releases. We've now launched our first wave of promotion to let the world know that this thing now exists. And while we're doing that, we've also trained sales. We've delivered sales enablement training to help them understand how much this costs, who they're selling it to, where to find their resources, and how to talk about it. And then the last stage is go to market continued. And even though it's just one stage of five, it's actually, I think, the most important stage in many cases, because I think a lot, a mistake many companies make is they stop after stage four. They launch this thing and then they kind of move on to the next. But the truth is you need continuous work, more resources, best practices, Mm -hmm. case studies, data. You need to build an entire ecosystem of content and, and, and ideas around this thing that you just launched. And so- I think in in the best cases, stage five, I would say is about 25% product marketing in terms of best practices, case studies, 25% growth marketing in terms of new campaigns, and then 50% product management. So they can find and learn things that they need to enhance with this product so that we can go back to stage one and and build those enhancements in and start this all over again. Yeah, it kind of completes the loop as well, right? And uh, for for the uh, product management team. And so totally. again, as you said, as you said, right, many companies missing out on stage five, where the wave kind of in stage four, the wave kind of goes up and, you know, it kind of eventually starts coming down. Right. So what are some of the yeah. activities that you have tried and it, they have worked to, you know, take the wave back up again and create maybe a second wave or maybe even the third wave or like how do you keep the wave going? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I, and I think it's two things. I think one it is its prescriptive content. And so the after you've released this first wave and, and raised a ton of promotion, 
Now is not the time for more press releases or, or, or social posts and stuff like that. Now is really the time to get into the nitty gritty and learn from customers how they use these tools so that we can build blueprints to teach customers how to get from point A to point B. Uh, and so I think the, the, the most important thing in go-to-market continued is to bring the value messaging down one, one, la- one layer or one level. So instead of it being super high level and super value driven, um, you can mm-hmm. still sell the dream, but let's really document how this product is used and where it, where, where, and how it's applied. And then the last piece is to not do too much of your own marketing and go-to-market continued. Focus on customer stories. So that's webinars, that's going to be case studies, that's going to be live events. Hopefully those come back soon, but, but let the customers who are using these products do the marketing for you rather than but, you trying to drum up just like continuous blog posts and stuff that are all coming from you, but don't actually encapsulate prescriptiveness and best practices or the customers who love using these tools. That's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. And, and you know, coming, coming behind the scenes of, you know, this great uh, go-to-market playbook, I believe that all the strategy and building this playbook is is like probably useless without you know having not having a great team to execute it, right? So how yeah. did you build the perfect team to execute this playbook? And I believe like when we were talking earlier as well, you mentioned that like you have kind of built the golden team, right? So can you walk us through like how did you build these golden teams at G two? Yeah. Totally. Uh, I started as a true product marketer. I started with a persona exercise, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, a persona <laughs> exercise for, for my team. And so when I, when I got to G2, um, mm-hmm. I, I knew that I needed to build a team and it would be the, the core of everything that we were going to be able to do. But what I wanted to make sure I didn't do was hire a team. And I'd been on many product marketing teams like this, uh, a team with product marketers who had duplicative skills and they were all talented and smart. But in some ways, we weren't able to help each other out by, by adding value in some of the areas where, we're, where we may not be as naturally strong. And so right. and in building this product marketing team, it started first with a self-assessment. I needed to assess my skills, the things that I was really good at, the things that I wish I knew how to do to try to not just find the best candidates, but to find the best fit candidates for the system that we were trying to build here. And so what I ended up landing on is five different personas of product marketers that I think help build out a really balanced team. And I think product marketing is the last team within the marketing org, for instance, that everyone paints with a broad stroke. When you think about growth marketing, you have your growth marketers, you have demand generation, you have field marketing, you have events marketing. Um, in SEO, you have outreach versus, uh, and link building, right? Versus those who actually do the technical marketing in SEO. Every marketing discipline has started to break out into subspecialties, except for product marketing. Everyone still thinks that we're, it's just one sort of persona, one type of person, but that couldn't be further from the truth. And so the five different personas behind product marketers that I've come across are for starters, storytellers. These are going to be folks with creative writing and advertising backgrounds, and their best skill is truly understanding our buyers and their problems. And that is um, sort of, that comes out in the message houses and the foundational documents that they build. These are going to be uh-huh. your expert product. The next one is a performer. These are going to be your expert in-person storytellers because we as product marketers are doing a lot of our own enablement for all of our launches. And so these are people who have tremendous creative backgrounds, theater, music, public speaking, maybe they were education majors and they they just have a, a natural way of understanding how our people facing teams in sales and success best learn about products. And they're amazing for our enablement exercises. The, uh-huh. next, is the, the next is the evangelist. These are going to be people who are oftentimes the most 
tenured members of your team. And so I was one of these at my first job out of school. I was there for five years and I knew the product really well. And we have one of these on my team at G2 as well. But these are the ultimate product experts on your team. And they have perhaps a background in customer success, solutions consulting, and they just they really understand how to simplify the complexities of our product, the nitty gritty, the, 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 the nuances um, into ways for everybody to understand. And so, for instance, these are people who put together unbelievable user guides, FAQs, they can do objections handling. And then the last two personas are, one is the strategist, who is essentially someone with a demand or agency or ops or even a project management background. But, but whatever, uh-huh. whatever that background is, they're able to look at the message houses, the foundational messaging that our storytellers put together, and they can but just see in their heads how they're going to launch this into the real world. So they can bring go-to-market concepts to life by launching new products and capabilities. And so they understand marketing automation really well. They can think through campaign segments and workflows. And then the last persona, and I think this is the still emerging one and the hardest one to find, is something mm-hmm. that I'm calling the playmaker. And these are going to be folks with maybe an SDR or sales background, and they just... They understand how to uncover and unlock revenue with our campaigns. They are, they are expert revenue generators. They understand how our sales cycle operates. When is the best time to launch with the teams? They're unbelievable and have so much trust within the sales org. They can lead win-loss analysis. They can, they can assess new market entry, competitive analysis. And so if you can find five personas like that, you know your storyteller, your performer, your evangelist, your strategist, and your playmaker... What you basically have is a team that can not only add that value that you need, but they can take that value and run with it all the way, starting with uncovering value stories, then articulating those value stories to your teams, rooting those value stories in the product itself, and then launching campaigns to introduce that value to the world, and then finding a way to turn that value into revenue. If you can find teams to do all five of those things, your product marketing team is going to be unstoppable and pound for pound, probably the most valuable team in your organization. That's that's a very interesting take and you have gone really deep into like, you know, building a great uh, product marketing team and maybe that's why you have also won the award for, you know, <laughs> having the best product marketing team in 2019, right? So do you have like a template for, for this personal exercise that you have done and maybe you have like, you know, shared it online, maybe on your LinkedIn or maybe on your blog, maybe I would be happy to include a link, link to that because people would want to get their hands on this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have everything. So our go-to-market playbook, I've published both on G2 and also in Forbes. I can send that over as well. And our, our persona stories are, are something I've been presenting on for, for probably about a year now. And I can, I can certainly share um, my slides and content out around that too. I have several recordings online too, where I talk through those personas in greater value, more specifically for each persona, like the core skill set, what they best understand, their signature output, and then the applicable KPIs. And so I can certainly share all of that stuff over too for folks who are interested. Definitely. And I'm going to include a link to that in the description for the podcast. And, you know, coming coming to the end of like, you know, this, so what would be your key three to five takeaways that, you know, people listening to this episode with you that, you know, they could take from building, like, you know, their go-to-market strategy at, at their, their end, right? So what are the three things maybe that you, they can take away from, uh, from this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say for starters, there's three key takeaways. One, when you're building your product marketing team, hire for balance and for system fit within your product right. marketing system. Don't just try to find um, the best or the most qualified candidates that you could find. Find the best, most qualified candidates who fit into the system and the skills that you have and you're trying to build. Number two, 
I would say that number two is process. Process breeds consistency. And when you when you build out a product marketing team, make sure that you're also enforcing a go-to-market launch process that everybody agrees upon. And the thing I want everybody to remember, especially at startups, they love to move fast, but remember that this process will not slow down progress. It won't inhibit everyone's ability to run. In fact, when we all agree upon that launch process, we'll be able to move faster and launch quicker than we ever had before. And so for instance, in G2, at G2 last year, we went to market with one new capability, a product, a feature, a partnership, two mergers and acquisitions for, for an entire year. So you can move really fast when you enforce a go-to-market process. And then Number three is um, in product marketing, I think the reason it's taken so long for our profession to develop is because the KPIs and the metrics have always been a little bit hazy. But living at the intersection of product marketing and sales means reporting from it as well. So make sure to put together a reporting dashboard that covers MQLs, opportunities influenced across every stage of your cycle, closed one influenced, that's money in the bank, product adoption, and, and also follow that back around to customer renewals that you at the end of the day can sit there and look at the data to assess what your impact on the organization is going to be. That's it. Like Those are the key takeaways, guys. If you're listening to this, these are the three things that you can get started with. And definitely, first thing you can get started with is like you know doing the persona exercise, which like Yoni just, just told us. Right. So, hey, Yoni, like moving on to the lightning round section of, of the podcast, like I have four lightning questions for you. So are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, first one, what do you know about your work now that you wish you'd have known when you first started? <laughs> Boy, that 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 product marketing was that product marketing was that was a was a path that you can choose and that you should choose rather than coming into it by accident. I came into product marketing by accident, as did um, every member of my team. And so when I talk about product marketing with, with passion and energy, it's because I want the next generation out there, anyone listening to this podcast, who's trying to find a career in marketing to know that this is a career path that you can choose. And it is, it's, it's, it's as fun as enriching as, as any function within marketing from brand to demand gen to social to content and everything in between. And so, yeah, if I could go back in time now to my earliest version of myself entering the workforce, I would, I would tell myself that this was a path I should choose rather than kind of falling into and you know that that kind of brings me the second question like you know let's say if you could get a chance to contact your the earliest version of yourself when you got to know what product marketing is so how would you explain to him in in the simplest way possible yeah i i would say that i would go back in time and i would say yoni um product marketing is going to be the amalgamation the combination of 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 demand generation content product management and sales that you've been looking for you're going to be able to combine all of those into one career that allows you to define the value proposition stories, launch those stories with marketing campaigns, and also help train sales to sell those in to see the real reports, the real results in, in sort of real life. I would say you don't have to give up anything in order to take this role. Totally. And makes me wonder, like, you know, are, are product marketers the kind of people who, you know, quit companies and maybe start out on their own because now they have, like, you know, great experience in, like, you know, four different functions altogether, right? Totally. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my third lightning question, so wh what did your biggest professional failure teach you? <laughs> so for, for, as many, for as many campaigns as we've gotten right at G2, certainly over the course of my career, I've had a lot of misses and, and flops will happen for all the product marketers out there. I want to remind everybody that they say about 95% of launches will fail. 95%. And so don't take it personally when it doesn't work for you. But the launches that I've had on my end that haven't worked, that have flopped, 
have always been a result of not talking to customers enough. So I would remind everybody that at the end of the day, you the, the ability to predict those flops when a product is going to miss or when messaging is going to miss with your audience are totally in our hands as product marketers. All we need to do is make sure that we're talking to enough customers to bring that feedback back in. And I would remind all the product marketers out there that if they're in stage three, for instance, and they're beta testing a product and in their gut, they're hearing in the customer interviews that this one is not looking good. Don't be afraid to raise your hand and see what we can do to reassess this launch. Maybe the timing or the capability or the messaging, because you want to catch that stuff early rather than too late. Because once it launches and then you have to pull it back and try to fix things and, and retrofit, it's not as much fun. And so, yeah, I would say that for the flops, don't take it personally, but just remember that we can control that by simply getting closer to our market and closer to our customers. And my last one, Yoni, what's the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve? Yeah, I would say it's, it's that before product marketing, I spent five, almost six years in almost every function of marketing. And so I spent several years in marketing ops. I spent several years in demand gen. I was a content writer, social analyst relations. And so I built a full toolkit of marketing skills before I made the choice to stay in product marketing. And I think that if you're a product marketer out there and you really want to absorb as much as you can, don't spend your first few years trying to be solely a product marketer. Lean into other facets of the marketing team, get close to sales, work on, I was a solutions consultant for a while, CS. Your, your ability to live at the intersection and succeed there is going to depend on your ability to understand how all of those functions work and what they need to succeed. And so don't try to just like focus solely on product marketing, spread it around and get to know those teams and spend some time working in those areas. Definitely. And kind of gives you like an overview of, you know, how each different function performs since you're going to be working at an intersection of all these, these functions. Exactly. Right? So it uh, totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Yoni, for doing this. I mean, it has been a very insightful episode with you and I'm definitely going to include the link to your persona exercise. And yeah, thanks for, for taking time for doing this. Perfect. It was a pleasure. And thank you all. Thank you.